ESG has exploded into compliance and business consciousness. Join Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, on the ESG Report and learn about sustainability risks, opportunities, and issues that business leaders and compliance professionals need to know about regarding ESG. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode, and I'm thrilled to have Ernest Anuncion with me. Ernest, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Tom. Excited to be on and have a conversation. It's been a while since you and I have been able to catch up. Exactly. Why don't you remind our listeners of your professional background, Ernest? Yeah, absolutely. So, Tom, I started off my career in IT project management, but then somehow found my way into internal auditing. So I spent the better part of 15 years of my career from dating myself all the way back to the Sarbanes-Oxley Act back in 2002, was a chief audit executive building internal audit departments and internal controls environments from the scratch. And then I like to say I have a non-traditional career where I ended up in public accounting after being a CAE and then finding my way here at Workiva. And frankly, that's one of the reasons I've always enjoyed visiting with you because you're because of your professional background, your perspective is very different than many internal auditors or internal control specialists. So it's an interesting background you've had, which has led to, I think, a really fresh approach to you bring to many different problems, issues, and discussions. What's your current role? Yeah, so I've been working even now going on seven plus years, and I lead our product marketing team around governance, risk, and compliance solutions. So, Tom, it's actually an interesting story how I got introduced to Workiva. I mentioned getting into public accounting at the what I'll call tail end of my career, but Workiva was actually one of my first clients. And so, prior to the company going public and IPOing, I helped the organization with a SOX readiness assessment. And then fell in love with the technology, fell in love with the culture, fell in love with the people and what we were trying to do with the mission of powering transparent reporting for a better world. And so I've been here ever since and helping our customers automate and streamline their governance, risk and compliance processes. So I would only echo that as someone who has worked with Akiva and been to your guys' facilities a few times over the years, to everything you've said about the company, about the people, about the culture even about the physical place where you work. It's just yeah. the first rate. But the interesting or one of the reasons I always enjoy visiting with you and your colleagues about the topic of ESG and where Kiva is, I get to talk about two really different topics. One is ESG at Workiva. And then two is how Workiva helps companies around ESG reporting, particularly from your middle career, if I can call it that, as internal audit and internal controls, but also from your the first component of your career, which was the IT world. So maybe let's start with ESG at Workiva. Sure. Who are the stakeholders that you see or you interact with around ESG as a employee of Workiva? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Tom. And when I think about who our ESG stakeholders are. There are so many different groups that are impacted and who we need involvement from when I think about the entire value chain in order to improve our ESG strategy as a company. And honestly, Tom, that's where it needs to start is with the strategy. And so at Workiva, our goal is to bring our governance structure and principles, that stakeholder engagement, and then the materiality assessments all together in order to achieve our mission that I mentioned earlier of powering transparent reporting for a better world. So when I think about the stakeholders, we've got a couple of categories that we classify the different groups into. So the first one are our internal stakeholders, and that's 
hopefully pretty obvious, but it starts first and foremost with our employees. And it's very clear that our employees and their feedback are of the highest value. And we've installed various mechanisms in place to solicit that feedback so that leadership can actually act upon it and institute change for the better. Uh, the other internal stakeholder group that I think about and interact with are our founders and our executive leadership team. And better than anybody else, but there's this whole notion of tone from the top. And every single one of our executives and our founders are champions of our ESG initiatives. Then the other group that, that we think about in the category that we have is around external stakeholders. And that all starts with communities, the communities in which we operate in, as well as the communities that we serve. So we partner with various community groups, as well as non-governmental organizations or NGOs in order to support the priorities that we have in common with those organizations and get feedback on the initiatives that we're doing. One of the things that I love that ties this stakeholder group of communities with the internal stakeholders of our employees is that we have a couple of avenues to bring them together. One of which is our Workiva Day of Service, which occurs annually in March. And it's actually a celebration of our very first customer who was able to successfully complete their SEC filings using our platform. But we also offer up eight hours of volunteer time off so that employees can focus on organizations that align with their own values or initiatives that they are passionate about. So community is kind of the first one on the external groups. You, you've got other external groups like customers and partners in terms of how do we work together with them and look at ways in which technology can enable positive change. You've got government and industry associations. Where can we contribute to policy discussions, advancing that transparency and protection of data and helping to drive economic growth? Then I think about suppliers. How do we support that transparency and good ethical business practices and behaviors with the third parties and maybe even fourth parties that we're interacting with. And then finally, you have investors, right? We want to have regular discussions to highlight how what we're doing at Workiva provides differentiation, which results into that assured integrated reporting. So Tom, you can see just tons of different stakeholders that are absolutely involved with our ESG strategy. What's the Workiva ESG roadmap, Ernest. Yeah, interestingly enough, we just released within the past week or so our 2022 ESG impact report, which is essentially our sustainability report. A huge milestone for our company because it not only highlights our ESG strategy, but other areas of interest, such as our approach to ESG, what are the different risks and responsibilities from a business practice perspective, as well as our targets and case studies. So when it comes to our roadmap, there's really four kind of major, what we're calling ESG targets that was decided upon when referencing our materiality assessment, uh, the stakeholder feedback that I mentioned previously, and then alignment to the UN sustainable development goals. And so we came up with four actionable business outcomes or out objectives that align to our corporate strategy. So the first one is around innovation. And this is really enabling transparent reporting for companies, for customers, for cities, for governments, all the stakeholders. And by doubling down our impact through focused education, awareness, and innovation, we want to be that leading edge technology by 2025. From the second component or the second target is around the environment. 
where everybody's talking about scope two and scope one emissions, we are actively looking to reduce our emissions as well as accelerate accelerate renewable energy certificates through carbon offsetting initiatives. And then ultimately reducing our scope three emissions by 2034. And so all of that is progressing towards our net zero carbon emissions across our value chain by 2040. The third target is around philanthropy. And I mentioned some of the volunteerism earlier on, but it's also about leveraging our expertise, the resources and the reach that we have to narrow what we're calling the digital divide, right? So we want to partner with 10 community-based organizations that support historically marginalized communities and engage 70% of our employees through giving and volunteerism by the year of 2025. And then the last pillar, but definitely not the least, is around people. So our goal is to drive high workforce engagement. How do we, how do we instill and sustain the trust that we have by maintaining a greater than 90% of employee engagement scores? We want 100% employee participation in our diversity, equity, inclusion training. And then finally, reaching 40% employee participation with what we have installed our business employee resource groups by 2025. So a lot of stuff on the roadmap there, all really good stuff that, again, our executives are super passionate about and our employees have absolutely been engaging with. For those who are listening to this podcast, I'm really sorry you can't see Ernest because the passion in his voice is reflected in the passion in his face. And it's clear you're very <laughs> passionate about this topic. Let me turn that passion to, though, your customer base and the Workiva customer base and ask you, what does Workiva provide to its customers to help engage in ESG reporting? Yeah, we like to think of this combination or the convergence of ESG and finance tra- transformation as the new BFFs or <laughs> the new best friends forever, right? They're just going to go hand in hand with each other. And so when I think about the chaos that's coming with trying to execute reliable financial as well as non-financial or ESG reporting, you're also simultaneously trying to proactively manage risk and assurance, which is a huge challenge for all organizations. Global regulation is introducing additional risks to reporting and finance teams in such a big way that companies have to make sure that whatever they claim within their final reports are still accurate and auditable. And from what Workiva is doing, we're really helping finance teams collaborate with ESG teams to bring that same sense of rigor around the non-financial reporting aspect as, as much as a 10K or a 10Q would be scrutinized, right? And so they can strengthen their reporting while sharing the collection, the reporting and the verification of that data which helps to bring trust to different stakeholders. And businesses are going to have to disclose consistent, comparable, and decision-useful data across all of their reports. Let me stop you there because I think I heard the following. Let me preface, preface it with, I see ESG as enhanced business process across the E, the S, and the G, but then you have a group, either a committee or a head of ESG or sustainability above that, with visibility across that. But what I think I heard you say was properly seen ESG as a set of risks. Yep, absolutely. And it's looking at risk in a rigorous way, but it's incorporating it into your overall risk matrix and reporting to your stakeholders, whether they be shareholders, whether they be investors, whether they be your customers, whether they be your employees, or whether they be the government. 
of how you are managing a material risk. Is that a fair assessment? That is absolutely spot on. We think of ESG from a risk perspective, the same way that we would look at reputational risk or financial risk or operational risk, right? Like it's another pillar and through these regulations introducing that type of risk, you're going to have that same process of any good controls environment, right? A control doesn't exist without a risk being in place. And so how are you identifying those? How are you putting good process in place that is well controlled? How are you verifying the the design of that control environment and the operating effectiveness of that environment? And then what are the remediation around it? So it is absolutely treated in the same sense. The What are some of the platforms, get into the weeds a little bit, sure. that you guys have in place, particularly with your professional background of both the tech and the internal audit? What are some of the platforms WorkKiva has specifically around ESG in addition to your financial reporting platforms? Yeah, great question. And we're all about simplifying complex work. And so we, we are the only united platform that brings together the convergence of financial reporting, ESG reporting, as well as governance, risk, and compliance, or GRC. And so our cloud platform integrates financial, non-financial data. We enable sustainability and finance teams to collect, assemble, collaborate, and report out with, with confidence. And so we have an end-to-end ESG solution that unifies the environmental, social, and governance data as standards are also and regulations are also changing. And so having that fit for purpose ESG reporting solution helps supports the growth and the evolution of our customers' ESG programs. And so having it all in a single platform that connects all of that inputs, that's gonna include things like investor presentations or data requests, rating agency questionnaire surveys, annual and quarterly reports as well as XBRL and different tagging support. So all of that is done within the Workiva platform. What's the Workiva end-to-end solution? Tom, that's a great question. And technology has to be the key to facing the challenges that we're seeing head on. And this is where Workiva comes in. We've spent the last decade helping over 5,000 companies, including most of the Fortune 500, solve those challenges while complying with regulations across the globe. And ESG reporting is a natural extension and integration into our platform where we're unifying processes, teams, data, creating a single paradigm that's fully auditable with the source of truth, right? And that's going to enable the various stakeholders that we talked about before to make better informed decisions with confidence and clarity. And so when you think about the end-to-end notion of it, customers have certain needs, right? They need to align strategy to specific metrics, maybe they're mapping to the various frameworks, simplifying that data collection that's coming from multiple disparate source systems or even third parties. How do you visualize the status of where that ESG program is? We solve for all of that. And that's what we mean by being an end-to-end solution. What we have waited many months for (laughs) the SEC to issue final rules or reporting requirements, I should say, around final rules around reporting requirements. But Mm -hmm. in the interim, a large number of rules and regulations have been issued in Europe. Investors, private equity firms, banks, lenders, share insurers, and a wide variety of other business concerns are asking for those numbers. Mm -hmm. And I guess I really wanted to explore as important as SEC reporting requirements will be, has the business side of reporting really overtaken that need, or do we still need the SEC to weigh in your opinion? 
For my opinion, I don't think we need to wait. The world is changing in such a way that investment decisions are being driven by what ESG strategies companies are adopting. And there's just a generational shift in terms of where people want to place those investments. And regardless of what the SEC's final requirements are going to be, it'll be nice to have so we understand what the final guidance is. But getting it right still requires a new shared mindset across businesses about the significance of what they're trying to achieve and its potential impact. You mentioned Europe there, Tom. A great example is the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive that came from the European Union. This is a major regulation that brings together that financial data, the ESG information, and assurance for the first time. And you've got over 10,000 non-European countries globally that are affected by this. We actually conducted a survey of more than 500 finance leaders across Europe and found that companies are likely underestimating what it's going to take to turn intent into action. And almost four in 10 respondents that felt that they were overwhelmed during the last reporting period, which is signaling that many firms still need to either hire or find resources or maybe even outsource to a third party to comply with CSRD. And it, the time is not to be wasted and we don't want to wait for that. Businesses should be looking at this now because of just how many sets of eyes, like you mentioned, from investment banks, PE firms, venture capital. This, this is a thing and it's now. And my message is don't wait. I grew up in the anti-corruption world. And in the <laughs> anti-corruption world, obviously you had regulatory pressure in the form of prosecutions of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act by the Department of Justice and SEC. But where I saw the real change was on the business side of things. So I grew up in the energy industry. A large number of energy companies sustained FCPA violations. And part of their response was to require anyone who did business with them to have a compliance program, literally right. all the way down the supply chain to the soft $15 million software company who had one piece of software that bolted on that did something. And right. they required a compliance program if you wanted to do business with one of the big boys. And that's where I saw the real shift take place. When businesses said, if you want to do business with us, you have to have this. And it strikes me, I'm seeing the same thing with ESG in terms of mm -hmm. all of the various stakeholders and others you mentioned, investors, banks, insurance companies, shareholders, others. And I was wondering if really you are seeing the same thing and you're counseling people, you need to do this from the business perspective. Yeah, we are. And that's the same thing that we're seeing because when you do look up and down the value chain, that's probably where the biggest risk resides is within that third, the third parties and the fourth parties that are involved with your supply chain. And I think the biggest risk there is not knowing what you don't know and your companies are forcing organizations up and down that value chain to have good ESG practices in place, or even an ESG strategy, like you said, if they want to do business with them. And I see that very apropos, you mentioned FCPA, and that was what in the 70s, late 70s, when that came out, that was the birth of, or at least the stepping stone for Sarbanes-Oxley to come into place. And now here we are almost 20 years later to the date where this ESG mandates come into the fold. And so it's interesting to see over time, those generational shifts and how businesses are adapting to the changing times and conforming their practices to align with what's most important. I don't think anyone's going to debate whether or not ESG is here to stay, but what I do want to ask you is to look down the road 
and maybe consider a tech solution for ESG mm. reporting? And where do you see the intersection of technology, particularly tech solutions that you and some of your colleagues are, have developed and ESG in five ten, or 10 years? Yeah, technology at its core is meant to simplify your life, right? You think about the devices, even just our podcast recording here today, Tom, we had a little bit of technical difficulties on my end to start off with, but it's there to enhance the life. The fact that you and I can be in two different remote locations, but collaborating and talking in real time is so fascinating. And so if I were to look into a crystal ball, I think the easiest thing and probably one of the most exciting areas is around generative artificial intelligence. Gen AI has this potential to really revolutionize not only the business reporting market, but just the way people get their work done, right? By further boosting productivity and efficiency. I, I saw a meme on Twitter the other day. People are, are, are maybe a little bit overwhelmed with Gen AI and thinking, am I going to be replaced by this? But the meme said, it's not Gen AI that's going to replace you. It's the people that are leveraging Gen AI that can replace you. And so we have been at Workiva, look, yeah, actually, we just added Gen AI capabilities to our platform, which is one of the latest advancements in Workiva's ongoing innovation and their story. And so with our open ecosystem approach, we want customers to help decide what industry leading large language models are going to be best fit for their needs, whether it's through Google Cloud or micro, Microsoft Azure. I think Gen AI has a real big potential, not even just in, the, in 10 years, but like in the next two years, three years, really short term there. Ernest, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But before we leave, I wanted to ask you if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself or really any of the topics we've talked on or Workiva, what would be the best place or places for them to go? Yeah, I would start with our podcast titled ESG Talk. You can find it on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. That is the go-to source for environmental, social, and governance leaders. Each week, our chief sustainability officer, Mandy McReynolds, has different guests that are on to talk about different aspects regarding ESG. And for the listeners who are, every company could be on different parts of their journey towards ESG compliance or building an ESG program. We have a ton of resources on our website at workiva.com that can help you whether you're emerging on that program or maybe you're more mature and you've done sustainability reports in the past. Tons of resources on our website there. And then for anybody who would love to look me up on LinkedIn, I'm, I'm happy to connect. Ernest, it's been great to catch up with you. I look forward to continuing this conversation. Likewise, Tom. Thanks for having us on again. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the ESG Report. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever great podcasts are listened to. The ESG Report is a part of the award-winning Compliance Podcast Network. If you'd like to be a part of the network, please give me a shout at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Hope you'll look forward to the next episode of the ESG Report.